Welcome to the GNC Show. I'm your host, Justin Gwynn, along with my co-host, Joe Cooper. What's up, Justin? Oh, not much, you know, just dealing with this technology. It's awesome stuff, ain't it? I love it. <laughs> um, you know how last week you said technology was the devil? Yeah. Yeah, let's not do that this week. No. <laughs> Maybe we praise it a little bit and be a little more forgiving. Um, yeah, because we almost lost that episode. <laughs> yeah. That was... No sooner had you said that and we got off here, the entire computer froze for six hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man, did you save the podcast? I'm pretty sure I did. We walked through it together. No, it wasn't on there. <laughs> it's all right. It is what it is. It recovered it and... We know what to do now, hopefully. I, I'm not even going to pretend that I know what to do anymore. I thought we were doing pretty good here, and here we are. Three weeks in a row, we've had to change everything up after we thought we had it set the first week, so we still don't know what we sound like. No, yeah, we still don't know. Did we? Oh, well. Well, Joe, um, you know, we talked a little bit back and forth this week, trying to figure out what we was going to talk about, so... um. What did you decide on? No pressure. No pressure. Well, again, I think it goes back to you messaged me and uh, we talked a lot about, well, the whole show last week was about goals. I think there was something you said towards the beginning of it is you got to figure out your why, how big is your why. And I thought we could kind of delve into that and kind of see where we go with, I mean, prioritizing things. Right. That's a, what it boils down to mm-hmm. is what is your biggest priority and why? Why, yeah. Uh, I had made the statement, you know, when your why is big enough, you'll do something. Mm-hmm. And I had heard that, um, I believe from uh, Zach Evanesh, you know, I got my strength and conditioning certica- certification from. And he just meant, in general, you know, mm-hmm. once your why is big enough, you'll do it. And... You know, that I've thought about that a lot, and it's it's kind of sunk in, especially, you know, after having kids sure. and everything, you know, your why. Uh, why do you do this? Why do you do that? You know, um, you take that, that little extra time to do something because of that why. And I, I see it a lot with the with owning the gym and everything, you know, excuses for not, you know, um, and I usually tell people if you can, you know, enter a 5K, enter a powerlifting meet, enter, you know, anything. If you can put some money on the line, then your why grows. And then you figure out if you're really going to be dedicated to it or not. Because um, most time, you know, you put money on something, it talks. So if that will get you a little bit further going to find out if that's something you want to do. Um, but, you know your actual why shouldn't have to be pushed on you like that. Right. So, um, you know, in general, I would like to say, you know, my why is living for Jesus, oh, yeah. you know, and everything. And it's growing. Yeah. But, um, you know, when we first got going with all this and I heard what is your why, I was I mean, we was coming to church, you know, but I was still in my growing process. And I just kind of took it over that my why was, you know, being the best father and husband and dad I could be. And, you know, providing for the kids, but also being able to protect them and, you know, show them what it's like to to be loved, that kind of thing. And I think that's what uh, has been so hard on me with uh, Macy. You know, I've told you that more than once. I... You know, just as a dad, you know, you feel like you should be able to protect them, you know, sure. and take take the pain away and everything like that. And then I wasn't able to, yeah. you know, and so that just, that's a different kind of hurt, you know, that I feel like, well, my why wasn't good enough, you know. Uh, in the end, I understand. Right. Uh, there's nothing I could do. is all in God's hands and everything like that. But still, that that tugs at me that well it's human nature and especially in men to want to be able to take care of things on your own you know and 
and things aren't in our control. We don't like it. It's not. It's not fun. Not at all. And, you know, we talk about it a lot in church. We talk about a lot about it in Sunday school and stuff like that. And handing it over and just letting God take care of it. But it's when you're so used to being able to handle little things and. Yeah, sure, we're supposed to give everything to God, but at the same time, you know, we have to do, we have to go and do the things that he asks us to do and to be, you know, men. Mm -hmm. It's human nature just to try and take everything on head on, you know, and something like that. Yeah, you are frustrated and, you know, and you're one of the strongest people I know as far as physically strong and now even, you know, uh, spiritually strongly I think this has grown you a lot and it's grown everybody in the community anybody that knows you but you know to see somebody so just physically strong and break down and not be able to do the things that physicality you know that's what you want to do mm-hmm. you want to provide that muscle strength doesn't mean much in no. in, the, in these instances but yeah uh the family-wise, definitely, obviously, it should be at the top of your list. And I think it's hard to measure. If you're an outsider looking in, you know, you look at somebody and be like, well, their why should be they have a wife and four kids. You, mm-hmm. know, the, you know, that should be his why. That's, that's what he should be doing to push himself to be better every single day is they should be his motivation to be better. But, you know... Unfortunately, you know, that's not always the case. Maybe they don't find that that important Mm -hmm. or, you know, in today's society, I'm just going to come out real wrong right now, but, you know, women want so much more power and so much more um, independence and so much more to say within their family. And there's, I mean, is there, you know, the husband and wife are on the same page? Sure. Right. You know? There's nothing wrong with that, but it's, it comes an instance where the man can look back and be like, well, what do you even need me for? You don't right. need me. You know? mm-hmm. And that's unfortunate because I don't think God made us to be alone. I mean, the beginning he gave us that Eve to, you know, to, to be happy, you know, with right. someone. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it is unfortunate that we, we can't always measure what a man, another man's why is. And again, you said it at the beginning, we would like to say that our why is to go out there and live for Jesus. And absolutely, I mean, that's what we're working towards. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what you grow towards. I don't think you are born and are like, yes, you know. I, uh, I have seen some instances where it's like, holy cow, that kid is, is going to do great things for Jesus. But you know, it's not the case for everybody. Yeah, usually everyone at some point or another lets the world get a hold of them one way or another. And, you know, not everyone's why has to be like that. I mean, you could be a great father, husband, provider if your why is just to change, you know, your family's outcome. You know, some people are stuck in the same, you know, and they blame it on their their past. Sure. You know, well, dad had this, grandpa had this, great grandpa had this, or, you know... Uh, so-and-so is poor, so-and-so is poor, so-and-so is poor, well, I'm just going to be poor. Yeah. But then you have the ones who are like, no, I'm going to work my butt off. I'm going to go out. I'm going to take chances. And I don't care if I fail because I'm going to learn from that and I'm going to keep going. And I'm going to change my family for generations. Yeah. You know, And those guys that can pull themselves up by their bootstraps you know, and get going from nothing, those should be an inspiration to people. Absolutely. Because not... You know, they, they weren't handed the cards, you know, like anyone else where, oh, yeah, this is nice and easy. You know, They have that excuse that it's generational. We've yeah. never been that way. We can't ever get out of that. And yet some of them do. Yeah. So what is that in, in that person that causes them to step out and do it versus someone who could be in the exact situation, grow up in the exact same town, you know, be best friends and not do that? Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, you have to be that, I guess the generational generational curse breaker, if you want to, you know, call it that. It's the same thing as if you come from an abusive home or whatever. You've got to be that person that says, okay, well, you know, 
my dad's dad beat him and his dad's dad beat him and so on and so forth. And it's like, that's not okay. You know, you got to be that man who steps up and says enough's enough. You know, it's not okay. And it's the same thing as, you know, growing up in a community where there isn't anything that, or you feel like there's nothing. You know, you got to step out and go out there and take the chances, not be afraid to fail. And I could say that all day long, but you know, it's a fear of mine, failing. Right. You know, because I don't want to. <laughs> I don't like it. And so one, one reason why I don't do a lot of things is because I like to be the very best at whatever I'm doing. And I know that I'm not the very, that the, I know good and well that there's going to be somebody better out there than me. And I don't like it. <laughs> but that's okay. You just have to, you have to realize that you perform within your means and try and exceed your means daily. You know, uh, I heard, this is going to sound cheesy, but it's from the new uh, Marvel movie, Endgame. Uh, Thor is with his mom and she says, people always fail at who they're supposed to be. It's when they try to achieve who they are is whenever they find success, you know, and that, that's pretty, it's pretty bold because, you know, people look at you and be like, well, you're supposed to be this. You're supposed to do that. This is what you're supposed to do. Well, that's not who I am, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, whenever you say who you are and go out there and make that statement and live for you, you know, you and God, then what's to stop you, you know? Right. And, you know, when you want to portray who you are, that's your why. This yeah. is why I am who I am. This is what I'm going to do to portray that. And as far as the failure thing, um, that I learned a long time ago that no's are free. You can always ask. You can always do. And the worst case is going to happen. Someone says no. Mm-hmm. So you just move on and you change some things and you go. But if you listen to anybody who has started their own business or been successful in something, they'll tell you that, you know, they failed. Yeah. But they learn from those failures and not repeat the same things. Right. You know, isn't that the definition of insanity? Mm-hmm. Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. That's right. So you don't have to worry about failing. You just need to go try it. And it, if you do, well, that's experience. Yeah. And experience isn't bad, no. no matter what. I tell those guys when they're lifting... Um, I try, try to not, I try to program it good enough and I tell them not to go off of it, but nobody listens <laughs> and cause I don't want them to miss a lift. Right. I can count on my fingers the number of times I've missed a lift in the last year. Um, I think one squat that wasn't at a competition and maybe one or two deadlifts that wasn't at a competition. Nice. benches more just because I push it trying to figure out what's going to work with right. my shoulder or not. But you see people failing all the time. Then you need to get in their head and be like, it's not a fail. Yes, right. you missed it, but your body still felt that way and you still brought it down. Now you didn't get it back up, but that's still a stressor that's on the body that's going to work. And hopefully come meet time, you're recovered for it. So don't worry about it. But the reason I don't want them to miss is because they don't know what missing is. So if you go into uh, a meet that you've been training, you know, 16 weeks or something for, and you've never missed a lift, well, it kind of programs your body to not know how to miss. And so if you are within your means, nothing, you know, crazy, don't take a 100-pound jump or anything (laughs) crazy like that. But, you know, you, you don't know, and your body's crazy because as long as your mind thinks you can... It, and you can switch it on, you're going to do a lot more than your body uh, wants to think it can do. Right. You know, it's, that's like it. And then that's why they call it conditioning. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not only just about the endurance level or anything like that. It's, it's telling your body, no, I'm in charge. You know, mind over matter. Now, I have seen a video of a guy who swore up and down he could bench 600 pounds and was all hyped up and went over and, you know, dropped it on himself and took four people to pick him off. <laughs> but he was a supremely confident he was going to lift it. He just wasn't prepared for that. Confidence speaks volumes. Mm-hmm. It does less. <laughs> yes. 
Yeah, uh, definitely. Getting your body to do what you want it to do instead of what it wants to do, that's always a challenge. And it's the same, I mean, your mind is as much a muscle as anything else. Getting over, you know, it's like a like spiritual warfare. You, you have to know when to say, you know, what's right and what's wrong. And you, you push your mind to its limits too. You know, saying, okay, I know this is what we know we can do, but we need to figure out a way to go beyond that. You know, even in thinking, you know, we sometimes we limit ourselves and our ability to think about new things and new opportunities to where, well, I can only do so much because I only have so much, or I can only do this because I only, I can only get this far. You know, we gotta get, you know, always step outside the box. Like you said last week, when you step outside, that's when you do the most growing, right? Right. So you stay in your little box, you're not gonna grow at all. So. Yeah, and that's that's part of being human. You you have your little comfort zone. But if you never get outside that, you don't get the experiences. Sure. You don't get to learn how to grow, um, how to overcome those fears. And, you know, I told you last week that I wanted to uh, start getting up earlier and having my quiet time and everything. Um, my alarm has went off at uh, 5 a.m. every single day. Not a single day have I got up. Maybe that's why I'm waking up at 5, or a lot of, like 5.20. I wake up at five twenty every day, and I go back to sleep because I have no re- I have no idea why I'm up at five twenty. But maybe it's me, and I should be messaging you, man, Justin, get out of bed. <laughs> right, it could be, it could possibly be, but yeah, I have I failed at that every day this week so far. But the alarm's still set, so maybe one of these days I'll get up. Maybe we've traded spots because you know you talked about it last week how you kind of you had a few days in a row that you had done it, but you had stopped towards the end of the week. This week, whenever I, after I take the kids to school, I've been able to come home and it's okay. You know, again, the asking, when you said that question last week, how big is your why? That just sat on me and was like, okay, you need, and I know that's what your intention was. Right. And not just for me, but for whoever's listening, or, and maybe it is just for me. Maybe that's what God wanted me to hear. That's fine. Joe, what is your why? What is your why? So... This week, I go, you know, I get home from dropping the kids off. I go in the house. I go straight. I picked up my Bible and I picked up a notebook because I feel like it's if I can write down what I'm learning or what God is saying to me. Hopefully, I'll pick up on it more. I haven't wrote anything down, but I have moves through the Bible. Like I'm not reading everything. Like I'm not just you know skimming through it, but I pick up on things that. You know, I started reading a proverb every day because right. we've been told to do that a hundred times. There's a Bible in a year reading plan in the back of my Bible, and I just picked up in August and was like, obviously, I'm not going to get the whole thing read in a year, but okay. It is I've August tried that several times and failed. Right? And so, you know, I just picked up where it says in the you know, in August, and I just started there, and it's been good, you know, it's interesting, because Tempest listens to the Bible app, uh, mm-hmm. has it read to her in her car, she, li- like she does the podcast, listens to it on two or three times speed, and it's right. kind of funny to listen to a narrator, mm-hmm. <laughs> some of those names at that speed, but, you know, it's good for her, she's getting through, you know, her process too, and I just felt like, and I know he's, you know, God's been telling me to do it for a long time, just get into the Word more and to read more, because I have, I don't know, I probably have over 10 Bibles in my house, and some of them have never been opened, and some of them sit there on a shelf, and some of them, they get open, but, you know, you just kind of stare blankly at the pages, and right. it's like, what are you trying to tell me, because I can't hear you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we've been reading Acts together, me and Casey, and I think we're through 14. She might be ahead of me. Um, but, uh, you know, everything keeps sticking out to me is just how outgoing they was for Jesus right after he was crucified, yeah. you know. And I'd made this statement to her that, you know, man, it'd be nice to know someone like Peter. Yeah. You know, just a spitfire. And then... 
I think I said it last week. I was looking in the mirror. It's like, why don't you go be the, the spitfire, you know? Yeah. And that that's just like, well, hmm, okay, maybe maybe I should be doing more. Maybe I should be more open with what's going on in my life. Maybe I should um, not be afraid to talk about it outside of, you know, here yeah. in these four walls. Or maybe I should post something. Maybe there just seems like, I should be doing more and we've had some different talks and I got some different ideas and um I don't I just don't know I just feel like more needs to be done <laughs> I agree I mean there's so many times that it's like what are we doing here on this earth you know what is uh, I think whenever we were first talking about goals you know I had mentioned to you in, in the text message that I feel like and I'm trying, again, I'm trying to read out what God is trying to tell me to do over my own personal needs or wants. And you just feel like a call to be great. And you had mentioned that. I think a lot of people do feel that way. It's depending on what they're great at, I guess. But you just feel like a higher, a higher sense of calling or a higher presence that's bigger than yourself that you can't really explain. But you really don't really know where to go with it. That's kind of where I'm at. I mean... Again, I'm trying, I don't want my own personal wants to cloud what I'm supposed to be doing. And if it's my wants that are saying I, I, I want to be great, then I don't want it at all. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, because I don't want that kind of mess. Because that would, that's what it would end up being, is a giant mess. <laughs> Big old Cooper mess. That's right. <laughs> yeah, and leading on that, your your why just kind of translates over into how you're feeling and with, and with that it's you know that's why we're here sure is to be disciples mm-hmm. and it's just like you said it, it's hard trying to make sure you're going in the right direction and not just doing it for you yeah but it's it there's just it seems like there's that lacking that some something needs to be done and it takes always takes me back to that song about you know shake your fist at god and say Mm -hmm. do something about it Mm -hmm. i did i made you and that just that's ever since i've heard that song that that's been sitting in my head yeah it doesn't matter if you've heard it a hundred times or you've heard it once or you know a thousand times it still has the same message and apparently you know god is trying to speak to them all of us, maybe, and maybe it is just a couple of people that need to hear it, but as Christians as a whole, yeah, he created all of us. What are we doing about it? You know, there's so much wrong with the world today, and so many times Christians just sit on their hands and... Go through the motions. Yeah. Oh, I go to church. Yep. I'm good. I got my fire insurance. Right, and that's that's how I felt once I got oh, saved. Yeah. Um, You know, talking about reading the Bible and struggle. They mentioned that in the youth class last night that I read it. I just, I just don't understand. I don't know how to read it. I don't know how to take notes and we'll have to go over that some. I'm not overly good at it. I need help with it myself, but I know exactly what they mean. Yeah. I, I got saved at 10 and I tried the whole reading the Bible, you know, front to back. Um, and I read a lot. I couldn't tell you what I read, no. um, and I couldn't tell you what any of it meant, but I was reading it. Um, of course, it was a King James Version, oh, yeah. and I was 10. <laughs> I could read good, but, I mean. But, yeah, when you get confused over these and thous and thys, and it's like, okay, I have no idea what a thou means. <laughs> and, you know, taking it back to, to once I was saved, um. Yeah, it was like okay, good. You're you're saved now. Continue doing what you had been doing leading up to this. Yeah. There was no guidance. There was no this or that, and and I feel like that's part of the reason why I quit going to church. Sure. Yeah. There was just nothing. It's like okay, it's same old same. Well, I'm saved now. I'm good to go. Yeah. And it's just you you become a teenager, and that's when you when you need to 
that the most. I didn't have that relationship with God that I wanted to have. Um, I mean, really just kind of said the same old prayer I'd ever always ever said. Yeah. Now there really wasn't any meaning to it. Right. Just going through the motions because that's what I thought I was supposed to do. Yeah, I, was, I think I was nine. experience and everything i didn't have a clue what the problem why are you crying right. this is a good thing you know i don't understand it but in my head i knew what was going on like i understood everything but did i get it in my and you know in my heart no it was okay this is what you're supposed to do so again went through that prayer okay whatever and then fast forward you know you went back to living your life i still didn't really you know, go to church much uh fast forward to high school uh junior high i guess we would go church bus i had some friends that went to church in Cassville, and they're like hey we'll bring the church bus by and go to church with us i was like okay well it was just a teen hangout mm-hmm. and then there's nothing there's nothing wrong with it because, again, like we said before, as long as they're in church, they're having a positive message, even if it doesn't look like they're paying attention. I get that. But really, most of the guys that went there, there were pretty girls, and there was a chance to play football because we didn't have football at our little school. So it was go out there and... Show off. Show off, play padless, tackle football. <laughs> and have fun, you know, get away from home for two hours and not be, you know, under the watchful eye of your parents or whatever. And then I remember going and there was a concert and I felt something again, you know, I felt God talking to me and it was, they asked, like they had an invitation. And I remember, you know, I went through the motions again, though I really... I really wanted something out of it, you know. I felt like, okay, there's something here. And it was a weird time in my life. There's a huge backstory to that. Maybe one day I'll tell you everything. But uh, So I went and I talked to one of the um, helpers there that was helping with the invitation and everything. We went through same thing. I think it was the exact same prayer when I was, you know, 14 as whenever I was 9. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, there was nothing special. There was nothing special to me about it. It had no meaning to me, even though I felt like I really wanted it. So then, a couple weeks later, we were at, had a big service, and I did the same. Like I still felt that that there was something I was missing, and I went and talked to him again, and he's like, "Oh, you're saved. Don't worry about it. You're fine." Yeah. Are you sure? You know, because it doesn't feel like it's fine. It feels like I'm still missing something. It feels, no, I'll pat you on the back and send you on your way. And that was another thing. It's like, well, if that's the only reason I'm going to church and that's what I have, then what's the point of going anymore? Because they're not not feeding me anything anymore. It was, you're good. You know? mm-hmm. We're not worried about you anymore. You got your salvation. You know, go worry about being a kid and and then it took me until i was almost 30 before i actually really got to say so right and you know we went we took the kids and watched the overcomer yeah. movie and it was a great movie okay. i i liked it um but i felt like um that prayer was was forced yeah. you know i i didn't really care for that part of it right um but then when had her read Ephesians, you know, that was good. And you could see the emotion there kind of thing. I don't know if it was just the young girl acting or what, but yeah, that it just, you know, God's got to call on you. You can't just say that prayer unless, I mean, you know what I'm trying to say. Well, yeah, because whenever I was 28, 29, whenever I finally got it figured out and I think it was after a big God event, and Lance and I were driving around afterwards, and I was like, dude, it just doesn't feel, you know, it doesn't feel, you know, I got it, you know. And 
I was so caught up in the legality of everything and uh, making sure it's done right, you know, and uh, everybody saying, well, you have to go down front, you have to talk to a preacher, you have to talk to somebody. Well, that night at Big God, one of the women giving her testimony said that she gave hers in the shower. Like, she asked for salvation. She had a breakdown in the shower because God had spoke to her so loudly that she just couldn't take it anymore. And she confessed her sins and gave her life to God, and she was saved while she was taking a shower. Mm-hmm. Okay. That makes more sense to me, mm-hmm. you know. Why is it so, you know, the the black? It's not black and white, mm-hmm. you know. It's there is a gray area there, and that's okay. You can go and uh, be saved in your truck in the middle of a field. You can go and be saved in a the shower. Then, as long as you are having a genuine, you know from the heart conversation with God breaking, you know, and you realize everything that you are trying to get, you know, off your chest or you realize all your sin and you realize what you need and is is it truly real, then nobody can take that away from you. Right. And it doesn't matter if it's in a church or Mm -hmm. if it's in a field. No, I I agree. Absolutely with that. Um, I was laying in bed and just felt an overwhelming sense of joy and peace and it was right after vbs and uh you know i i knew what i wanted and i yelled at my sister i said hey go get go get mom dad why well i feel like i'm getting ready to make the biggest decision in my life right and i mean it it's just absolutely you know felt it there's no denying it whatsoever and no doubt in my mind since now you know i haven't always done the right thing but i'm always convicted of it afterwards and so that just that that got me a little bit in the movie i didn't i didn't like that part no i agree 100 percent with that whenever they showed that i was like and i get it it was for you know entertainment purposes or to try and get their message across of what the idea is but you're right. It felt, you know, it felt 100% forced, which, again, for the movie, it probably was. But then for her to say at the end of it, how did that feel? That felt so natural. It felt so great. Did it really? Because that didn't really have any kind of emotional impact for me. Right. Again, going back to the Ephesians and her taking mm-hmm. notes and pulling from Ephesians, now that was more you know, more emotional than the right. actual prayer. Right. And, you know, she, she went and found the coach and, and told her who she was. Yeah. yeah. You know? But when, when the coach first got asked who he was, you know, how far was yeah, everything yeah. down on his list? Yeah. And it, that, that really makes you think that if, if everything that you're known for is taken away, then what are you? Sure. Um, or, you know, when it's your time and you're laying there in the casket, <clears throat> what are people going to mm-hmm. say about you? That little dash in the middle is more than a dash. Mm-hmm. That's your whole life right there. Right. And so that that stuck with me, and I didn't even think about that till now. But, yeah, that, that stuck with me. And then you saying the, what is your why had stuck with you. So just who are you as a person? Yeah. Who do you want to be known as a person? Do you want to be known as anything other than a Christian? Right. Or do you want that to be top of the list? Or would you rather just some earthly thing be what you're known as? Now, he was a basketball coach, and that's the first thing he said, I'm a basketball coach. Yeah. Didn't mention his wife. No. Didn't mention his kids. Yeah. Because then he said, well, what if that's gone? Then he well, after that he said history teacher. Yeah, that's true. You know, he, he had his entire career ahead of everything that's true yeah i didn't think about that either i mean watching the movie i understood that the reason okay he had all this stuff before god but yeah even your job and everything isn't supposed to be over your family so you again we can't 
as an outsider looking in, it's hard for us to say who, what their why, what's their purpose here. That was absolutely the best thing, though, was being able to see a man who was stripped down to nothing. I mean, his whole life was about to end in a hospital bed, and he was able to say, I have nothing left. You know, all I have left is God. And the message of that was, I mean, hopefully we don't all have to get to that point where he breaks us down so much that we are like, okay, I get it. <laughs> I don't have my legs anymore. I don't have my side anymore. You know, it was a pretty powerful message whenever he said he had to take my my vision for me to finally see. Right. You know, that's that's pretty big. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I know it's a movie and everything. Sure. But he was still able to reach the coach mm-hmm. and reach his daughter. You know, and then they have the opportunity to reach. So it doesn't matter what situation you're in. God can use it for those who are willing to let him. I mean, the the coach was already, you know, into into a church. So he had a little bit of a background, but you're right. And he was able to say, okay, you have, this is all a show for you. Well, not to cut you off, but what really stood out to me right there was when he said, you told me you'd pray for me. Did you? <laughs> right. Yeah. Because how many times do you hear that? You know, I'll pray for you. Or you say it. And then, do you really go do it? Right. Or do you just say that because that's what you figured they want to hear? <clears throat> that's like when we get our, the chain messages, the prayer requests from Paul. You know, he's mentioned before, if he hears something, he won't pass it along until he is prayed for. And that's probably a good practice. As soon right. as you get it. You know, it doesn't matter what what the problem is. Mm-mm. It doesn't matter. It, it shouldn't matter. We you just be like, God, you know what's wrong. Yeah. God knows. It's in your hands. Yeah. Here it is. And it doesn't, again, it doesn't have to take 20 minutes. If Mm-mm. it does, then that's what God wanted you to do. But if it takes you 10 or 15 seconds, you know, God, I don't know what's going on. You do. It's all in your hands. We're just leaving it up to you, you know. Great. He's going to, he'll tell, he'll deal with it in his own way. So, I mean, it has to be from the heart. I mean, you don't want to just brush it off as nothing. But, yeah, I mean, take a few seconds, a minute, to, to pray for somebody. Right, because if you was in that situation, you'd be wanting that. Absolutely. I can second that wholeheartedly. Um, but, yeah, that that's what I liked most about the movie was just that. Who are you? And then did you really pray for me? Mm-hmm. Because... That's just going through the motions, yeah, like that, we talked about. That's a punch in the gut for the church, honestly. Absolutely. I mean, I won't say I can't. Our church has been great, I'll say right. that much. But, you know, probably not everybody in the church, you know, said, okay, I'll pray for you, and then didn't. You know, so maybe they need to hear that. Well, yeah, I, I did say I'd pray for so-and-so, and... I just went on about my business because mm-hmm. I told them what they wanted to hear, but I didn't really do what, it, what God asked me to do. And yeah, the breaking you down and stripping you away to what you really are at your core, then yeah, it reveals a lot. What are you when no one can see you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, I mean, I didn't even think about that until you just said that because the guy was blind. He mm-hmm. had no idea who anybody was. Right. So, yeah. It's good. Well, although he did say, you are a white guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that was, and I, I can see that movie doing good things for youth and good things for anybody that really listens to it and doesn't try not to get hung up on you know, some small things, you know, I think we tend to do that as humans, we hang up on small things, and it's just like, let's move on, you know, the bigger message isn't, isn't lost in this little thing right here, the bigger message is beyond that, beyond what you're getting hung up on, last night, I'm just going to go ahead and throw this out there, last, last night in Wednesday night service, we were talking about a passage, and I think it was Matthew, and uh, 
Peter had asked Jesus how many times he was supposed to forgive a woman for something, and it was read in a version of the Bible that it said 77 times that you're supposed to forgive forgive him. Or Peter said, should I forgive her seven times? And Jesus said, no, try 77 times. I mean, that's paraphrasing, but you know. Right. Well, we got all kind of lost and chasing the rabbit about, well, my version says, or I always heard it was 70 times seven. That's mm-hmm. how many times you should forgive him. And we kind of went around and around. My version says this, my version says that. It's not about how many times you're supposed to forgive them. The idea was to say, we forgive them no matter what. It doesn't matter how many times we've done it in the past. Mm-hmm. If they're genuinely and really, at, well, I mean, as a Christian, it doesn't matter if they're genuine or not. We have to, we have to forgive them no matter what because it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. We're, supposed, we're still supposed to lead by an example. If it takes... 1,447 times for somebody to finally be like, boy, this time I am truly, truly sorry, and they finally get it, then that's the point. Right. Don't get hung up on all the little things. Well, we all have our own little things that we deal with that, you know, maybe our spouses don't even know about that we struggle with. And how many times do we deal with that? How many times does... God look at us like, why are you doing that? I've told you 13 times today. Today, yeah. <laughs> You know? So, I mean, that that just goes to show you that we can we can look at others all we want, but how's God look at us? Sure. He still forgives us. Absolutely. It didn't just forgive us for what we're going to do today, but what we're going to do until he punches our card. Yeah. You know, it's already forgiven. So why are we being you know so so picky on the other people i mean i understand that you're supposed to hold your brothers and sisters accountable Mm -hmm. but you also need to use that to look at yourself too and if if you're struggling well then get some help Mm -hmm. um you know and be able to confide in somebody because we're we're too weak emotionally to be able to do it on our own. Absolutely. We need to be able to give it to God, but it's not quite as you don't get that feedback instantly like you would if I was like, "Hey Joe, I'm struggling. Talk yeah. me down." Yeah. You know, and then you just All right, what you need? Yeah. That could change, you know, anything because like you, we talked about, you said kids making a habit out of stuff enough times that you walk away from it well then you're no longer gonna continue to do it so if you got someone that you know you can trust and hold you accountable then then do it right it goes back to then uh shouldering the burden with you Mm -hmm. you know again absolutely turn everything over to god and let him work but to get the feedback and to get the prayers and to get the help and to get the talk downs and to the praising or you know hey let's break it down and see where you've been blessed on this day you know those things obviously are big helps and if you can again talk to somebody so that they can help shoulder the burden it makes life so much easier because you're right we're not emotionally strong enough to shoulder everything that this not only this world has offered but there no matter what God will give you something that you can't handle without Him. So, right. if, you know, if we turn to Him, that includes the fellowship of our brothers and sisters in Christ. Mm-hmm. I mean, He's, yeah, forgive it all to God and walk away, but that also means telling other Christians so that they can help you and they can, they can pray about that and take it to God with you, for you. You know, it's the same, it's the same thing. Absolutely. We uh we were reading through um Nicodemus and Jesus's uh conversation mm-hmm. in in youth last night and um he he made the statement to Nicodemus, "Why why would I tell you the things of heaven when you don't even understand the things of the world?" Yeah. 
And that's just like, hmm, no wonder we don't know nothing. (laughs) We're too stupid to understand the world we live in. Why would he explain to us heaven? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. There's, yeah, we can't even comprehend the the blessings that we have here. Right. Why should he tell us anything Mm -hmm. about what heaven's going to be like? If we can't comprehend, I mean, honestly, you know, yeah, there's signs out there. It's, you know, we learn things every day, but we really don't have a clue. I mean, there, like, we think we're going one way and it all sense. It's like uh, somebody, it's an interesting example. Let's say, okay, that for a long time, everybody ate eggs and, oh, eggs are good for you, high in protein, <laughs> everything like this. Well, then, like, 10 years later, no, no, you can't eat the yolk, you can have the egg white, but the eggs are bad for you, it causes high cholesterol, don't eat eggs, and then 10 years after that, oh, nope, we can eat eggs again. <laughs> yeah, the whole, if you eat cholesterol, your cholesterol will go up, you eat fat, you're going to get fat. No, it's not, <laughs> that's not how it works. Worst thing we did was name fat, fat. Yeah. <laughs> That's not how that works. That's not how any of this works. <laughs> but yeah, um, we're just, we get so hung up on that stuff. And like you said earlier, you know, the little stuff. But if you just look at the big picture yeah, and go from there. but Keep your eyes focused on the, you know, on the prize. If you, and for Christians, you know, we always, we're supposed to keep our eyes on Jesus and that. Again, we're human. We strong, you know, something catches our eye. We're more than likely going to step off that path. Anybody who says otherwise, I don't know. I, I would like some some proof. But, uh, yeah, getting hung up on little things, if you get hung up on your mistakes, then it's just going to, it's going to turn into bigger mistakes. It's going to turn into bigger sin. It's going to turn into to where you don't, finish the race you don't get to the end of the line you're going to end up and it could cause you know it could cause disruption in the force (laughs) but i mean it would cause everybody it could cause a lot of pain in your family or friends church whatever getting hung up and not moving past it forgiving you know your mistake uh, or somebody else's mistake or somebody else's sin your sin whatever not being able to do that is going to hurt you more than you understand. You know, it just, it's like whenever we say, don't let anybody take the joy out of you because it doesn't, doesn't hurt them that you're not joyous and not happy. Who's it hurting? Right. It's hurting you. Mm-hmm. If you're in a bad, bad mood all day, nobody else cares. Well, I mean, they might, nobody else is being affected. By right. Your and, whole day. And what caused that bad mood? I'm, yeah. I'm pretty bad about letting that stick around, but you know what? Are you really having a bad day or was 10 or 15 minutes bad and you're yeah. letting that affect the rest of the day? I, I deal with that all the time and you know, just, just reset. You, you should be a, uh, a thermostat and not a thermometer. Right. Set the temperature of the room and not just read what the room is. And yeah, I don't do a good job of that. Uh, I'm, you know, I think it's a universal thing that a lot of people have that problem. You know, take a step back, breathe, think about how how important is this really in your life right now? Is it going to affect, you know, your walk with Jesus, or is it going to affect your marriage? Is it going to affect your relationship with your kids? Is it going to affect your job really in the long run? We are only here. In, you know, in God's time is a millisecond, you know? So, why? Yeah. You can step back, take a step back, breathe, get over it, you know, ask for forgiveness and move on. Right. Um, Joe Paterno always told his players that when you step onto this football field before you come into this locker room, you're going to cross that blue line. When you cross that blue line, you're all in on football. Nothing else matters. Yeah. When you leave and you go to school, your mind's on school. When you leave and you go to your girlfriend, your mind's only on her. 
you know, draw those lines, and once you step across them, you're there. Nothing else matters. You had a bad practice. That doesn't matter. You had a bad test. That doesn't matter. Be present in the situation you're in and give that 100%, and don't let what you had just done or haven't done affect you. Right. And I've heard that, I don't know, 15 Probably long that probably longer fifteen years ago, and I still struggle with it. Sure, yeah. but it makes a whole lot of sense. It makes perfect sense. If you're here to do a job, then do that job, and then when you're done, move on. Yeah. But leave it there. Yeah. Absolutely. And just the way it should work in you know in Christianity, we should okay. You step across this line. You're a Christian now. Now you live this life. You know we have to be say it a hundred times we have to be transparent and real with everybody you know that's just a, a side effect of being Christian you just you are who you are and if you are 100% focused and dedicated to being that then it's the same thing as you know going on a football field and playing football I'm not playing basketball or I'm not worried about what I'm doing after the game mm-hmm. I need to worry about this play right now, right here. You know, same way with Christian with Christianity. If I meet somebody who's lost and God says, Hey, you need to share share me with this person. Okay. Well if I'm one hundred percent dedicated and focused on God, then I'm gonna be able to see that and hear him and be like, All right, hey, let's have a talk. All right. So Yeah, that that's that's absolutely right. And I think we just we just need to learn to trust that. Mm-hmm. It and that that's hard for me just because of the in control thing. Yeah. You'd think I'd be better after everything with giving it to God, but <laughs> well, that's the thing about humans, and I'm not, I'm not, don't take this the wrong way at all. But we are so inclined to be like, okay, you can have this. But the next thing, let, right. me, let me try and tackle that on my own. Mm-hmm. And, there, and I'm not, I'm, ve- I'm very much guilty of that. So I'm not just saying, oh, that's only a Justin thing. Only Justin does that. No, I am just as guilty of saying, you can have this part of my life, but this part, I still want all the control. Right. <laughs> I got this. I can handle this part. Yeah. No, I, I understand. And, and, Oh, it's just, it goes along with just growing. Sure. And that's, that's all life is, is experience to get us to the next level. And so if we can get 1% better every day at some aspect, then we're headed in the right direction. So maybe, you know, in a year when you look back, like, all right, well, I was really struggling on this. Look how much that has come. Well, now I realize I'm struggling over here. Let's work on that now. Yeah. And, I mean, I get I get people that want to lose weight or they want to get strong. It's just like you got to pick one or the other. We, 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 can't, we can't do both right here, right now. Right. So, so on one thing and then we move to the next thing. P- right. Pick the other one. So if you're struggling really bad in one area you know focus on that yeah um because all that matters is that we're trying to get better right and that you realize what you're doing is not right it doesn't matter in what area you're focused in and growing as long as you're growing mm-hmm. you know we, we grow in christianity we grow in our relationships with our, our spouse we grow in our relationships with our kids with our church family you know community if you're the if you're the owner of your own gym, <laughs> then you grow in the relationships that you have there, uh, friendships. Those things require attention and watering, you know, and feeding and nurturing, you know, and we just need to know, focus on what it takes to to grow those things, and we have to be careful. I mean, again, like you said. It, if you're going to choose losing weight or gaining muscle mass, you know, getting stronger, you can't do one, you can't do them both at the same time. Not very effectively, no. That, right. You have to grow one first, and then that will lead mm-hmm. to something, you know, to the other thing. You Which know? why is bigger? 
Yeah, which, yeah. goes back to the why. What, which why is bigger? Is it more important for you to be in, you know, to eat healthy and to be slimmer and or, and to lose weight, or is it more important for you to get all jacked up and <laughs> muscle head and ready to go? You know. Mm-hmm. And, are you asking me, or are you just saying it? You know? <laughs> no, I'm asking me. That's okay. My life. <laughs> How many times have we had this conversation? A couple. Like, a couple. Joe, just do something. I know a guy who has a gym Pick and does do. training. <laughs> just saying. Just do something, Joe. Just, just do anything. <laughs> but, I mean, it's just, you just got to sit down and look inside. Mm-hmm. Figure out where you're struggling at. Figure out where you want to get better at. And then go all in. You know, um self-doubt and fear of failure and all that that's not god no you know um that first that first page in our kingdom man study is about being great Mm -hmm. and not being afraid to be great you know god wants us to be great he wants us to be great for him Mm -hmm. so if we can be great for him then he can get the glory so don't be afraid to fail don't be afraid to step out on that limb. Don't be afraid to just just do it, you know, like Nike. Just do it. But, but I mean, that's a lot easier said than done. Sure. But once you look inside yourself and realize, hey, I, I need to get healthier for my kids. Yeah. I, I need to, um, you know, get healthier for myself. Sometimes that's not enough for people. But once you have kids and you go in and you realize, like, hey, I may not see them graduate. Yeah. You know, that can be an eye opener for some people. And then you think, well, all right, I'm pretty good health now, but in 15 years, I'm not. Well, maybe I should do something about that. Because there's certain things we can tr- control and certain things we can't. Right. We can't control the uh, the cancers and that kind of thing. But we can control what we put in our body. Mm-hmm. We can control um, with... Uh, whether or not we're going 90 mile an hour down the highway. Um, we can control um, if we're trying to learn. Yeah. You know, if we're trying to better ourselves because that that's what that's what keeps us growing. And so if you just sit back, take a look inside yourself and realize, hey, I need to do this, then just do it. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's... You can be eye-opening just staring at yourself in the mirror for a few minutes and being like, okay, reveal to me what what's what, what's really going on here. You know, or what do I really, you know, find your why. Again, it goes back to find your why and make it the biggest priority of your, of your life or your situation, okay? Uh, or the biggest priority of that chapter of your life. Okay, you know, we all know that we go through chapters in our life of we did this, we done, we're gonna do this, we had this, and so on and so forth. Find the biggest why for that chapter, right? And and do it. You know, again, you said that fear is not does not come from God. The doubt and everything that's not from God. That's all you know. Satan and our own self doubt, and Satan just grabs a hold of what we have as our own fears and our own self-doubt and he's like i can run with this and he can ruin it you know he can just take it and ruin it so right it is what it is well i think that pretty much covers everything well you don't like the set falling apart (laughs) yeah the mics are falling off the stand (laughs) but no yeah we think that's pretty good coverage of everything it went i think it went where i thought it was going to go and then some right Good. Well, um, give us a like on Facebook. Tell us your why. Yep, tell us your why. Um, Radar, podcast on iTunes. We're on Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify. Um, Podbean. Podbean. Yeah, that's our main one. Better not forget about them. Um, share it with your friends. Yeah. Um, Do that on any show because they're everywhere. Right, right. I mean, it's not like we're up for a limited time or anything. You can pick us up. You can start at episode one and go. We there. really don't have too often many that go in order. No, I think they're kind of, no, no. <laughs> Just all individuals. Um, but interact with us so we know 
know what you're wanting to hear, how we're doing. Um, I think the sound's still slowly getting better. Um, I won't say it this week. I want to really badly, but I won't say it this week. (laughs) All right, don't say it. But um, all right, till next week. We'll see you. Bye.